0: Smoke belching and four wheel buggies from Detroit City, then pay attention. I'm about to sing your songs, huh?
1: All right, welcome back
0: to the second hour of the Simmons Car Care Shop Talk Show right here on ESPN Tucson, 1490 AM, 104.9 FM. Uh I'm Jerry Simmons, your host, along with me, riding shotgun, Mr. Jim Mooney, the owner of Frontier Towing. Now, the first hour we call, it, we uh, good morning again, Jim. I have to check on you to make sure you're still with me. You may be out in a mud hole. Hello, Jim. Okay, Jim a uh, there, ch- yeah, there, uh, there we go. There we go. There we go. Oh, him. there he is. Yeah, we got oh, him. We got him. You know, this portion of the, the show know. is brought to you by Parker Automotive Service Center, located at 5101 East Speedway, 323-1960. You can call in over there. Uh, beautiful shop they have shuttle surfer, uh shuttle services available uh pickup and delivery um uh, you can get in there he's been around a long time he's a tucsonian he's been around in the industry uh here in tucson uh, i i probably around thirty years now uh, and if they work on all american made and makes and models they work work on Japanese makes and models. Uh, plus they do Volvos and Subarus. Uh, so you've got a place to go now. Uh, first time customers get a 10% parts and labor discount. First time customers now. So don't, don't go in there and say, and wear a beard or set of glasses and a mask and say, oh, this is my first time in. Cause the second you, <laughs> you give them your name, they're going to put it on the computer. There it is. Busted. Um, uh, but uh, the phone number, again, is 323-1960. I have been in that shop. I love the shop. We refer people to his shop on Speedway, uh, mainly because we're running at about uh, two weeks backed up. And so is Brian at Automotive Specialist. So if you need another shop or if you're on that side of town, 323-1960 is the phone number, 5101 East Speedway. You can talk to Ryan or Scott at the front, and they will uh, take care of you, and they do an excellent job at it. Can't say enough good about them. They're just a quality, good repair facility. You don't have to worry about somebody uh, doing lesser work and charging you more money. In other words, you get what you pay for, and you get straight answers, and they're honest. And that's what I look at uh, in order to for them to even sponsor the Simmons Car Care Show. they got to have the same operating ethics and stuff that we do at Simmons that we do at Automotive Specialists. So there's another good shop, 5101 East Speedway. All right. Back to a few other little things that we've got going. Uh, Jim, you, what else do you want to add real quick on the rain? It's, by the way, it's rained two and a half inches now here at the house. And I'm on the far east side so and the water will be running. My arena is almost half full of standing water right now, of course, it'll bleed off. I got it designed like a football field, but uh that's that's what kind of rain we've had this morning, so and it will be raising the water levels around town. I don't care what they were at five o'clock last night. I know what they're going to be right now or shortly as it comes to us. So sure do need the water. Get that water basin filled up. You're not going to hear me complaining about it. And as soon as it gets through blowing down my trees, then I'll go out there with my chainsaw and my dump trailer, and I will go ahead and start removing some of that stuff. But right now, it doesn't give me enough time to actually take care of anything but what's really necessary to keep the horses dry and, they, uh, you know, keep stuff on the road. So. 884, uh I'm sorry, 719-1490, 719-1490, if any questions you have, it's still a car care shop talk show, it's information, I've been in business for 46 years, Uh Brian and Mike Parker have been in for, I think, 30 or 30 plus years, but I mean, that's each. So we have a a good network in Tucson that we can go to. In any event we get our butts kicked over at Simmons, we've got two more shops, Brian's shop and Mike Parker's shop we can go to to get additional information or get a different uh, computer readout on something that may be going on. All right, so what what do you want to cover? Is there anything else you want to add on uh, the water rescues or anything, Jim? Well, so
1: you you just touched on it, um, trees. Um, Tucson, Arizona, it's normally dry, so we don't really think too much about trees. But trees here are, are now very wet. They're getting very saturated. I've done several recoveries where trees have fallen on cars because the, tree, the ground is getting wet. The tree is very heavy. The tree falls, the wind comes, and... and you see these microbursts that come up; they're almost like small tornadoes. They come flying in, and the tree blows over on the car and wrecks the car. So be careful where you park your car. You know, if it, if you think it's going to storm, don't park it under the tree. I would I would recommend. Um, <laughs> as, uh, I've taken a bunch of total ones out with you know they're flattened. You know, car falls, tree falls on your hood. Might be okay. Tree falls across the top of a Honda Civic, it's going to be a bad day. It, it, it's just, I mean, that thing, a big old mesquite tree, a palm tree, but the mesquite trees usually what we see. Um, limb breaks off, it crushes the top end, yeah, it, it's all over with with the crying. So, um, and and I see a lot of uprooted trees. At your house, Jerry, I assume you got a bunch of uprooted trees. I had some over by my house. The trees are actually just blown oh, yeah. out of the ground. Just literally blown well, out of the ground. You wonder, how can it be blown out of the ground? Just blown out of the ground, and there it
0: is. Well, how the wind actually managed to break one of the old mesquite trees that you can't hardly cut with a chainsaw, There's, a, it, it cut a tree limb out of the middle of one of my big old-timey mesquite trees that was about seven inches through. And it broke it and laid it over, and I was just surprised, so I went out to see. I thought, well, maybe the limb was, uh, or the tree branch, had a, uh, it was rotten or something like that. No, it broke it out of the middle of the tree, and now I've got to go out there with a chainsaw and figure out how to get that thing out of the, it's up about eight foot, and it's broken off, and it's laying in top of the tree. (laughs) That's going to be fun. I'll probably, you know. But anyway, that's what we run up against, and uh, that's those uh, flatline. uh, We had 72 mile an hour come through here about five weeks ago, and then while I was back on the coast, we had a 50-plus mile an hour wind come through, and the 50-plus mile an hour wind did some pretty good damage. So I don't – And anyway, that's that's just me. I'm sure the people out there listening to this show is probably sitting there looking out their window and going, oh, it's going to take me a long time to clear this up. And the (laughs) weeds, hey, people, when I got back from Carolina, my yard looked like a cow pasture. And I'm going, holy cow, 15 gallons of weed killer I put down in two days, and I'm surprised it actually worked. However... For every little weed I took apart, uh, there's another weed come up to replace it. So now this week I get the privilege of going out early in the morning, and I'll have to put down another 15 gallons in order to get the rest of the trees, uh, the weeds and stuff that's come up in the outlying area other than my backyard. So good luck with that. Have a fun Saturday when it quits raining. You'll be spraying weeds like me. Uh, Jim, most of the uh, wrecks and stuff you have on the freeway, or most of the wrecks, period, is uh, driving practices. Uh, there was something that came out with the National Highway Transportation Safety Authority that mentioned uh, people with these late-model vehicles. Uh, now, if you've ever went to the airport, uh, of course, now it's hard to rent a vehicle when you travel. But you get these cars, and you get in it, you sit down, and I'm in the automotive industry. By golly, I can start anything. Just point me to that direction. I don't need to be briefed. Yeah, I do. <laughs> <laughs> when you go get these new cars, <laughs> you need to know little things like, okay, where's the lights? How do I get this thing started? And, you know, that may be, you know, you're going, oh, really, Jerry? Yeah, no, really, Jerry? Uh I rented a little car, and I it was fine. I figured out how to get it started. But when it comes time to turn the lights on, I had to pull it off the side of the road and sit there and read the owner's manual <laughs> to find out how to turn the lights on. And this is not the first vehicle I've ever set in. So get better acquainted with your car. Car technology has advanced rapidly in the recent years with lane drifting alerts, parking sensors, and other safety features. Many older drivers who experiences behind-the-wheel spans decades may not use all the tech their car has built in. You still need to know where they're at. For the safety things, you know, if you do nothing but find all the things that help you drive down the road, one, the dashed assembly or the uh, the infotainment center is so sophisticated, you need to know where your hands on on the steering wheel, what's going to set the cruise control without you sitting there and have to figure it out when you're running 70 miles an hour down a freeway because you'll go, oh, well, I know it's got it. i just got to find it, just got to find it. Well, when you take your eyes off of it, off the road at 70 miles an hour, people, you're clipping right along. I mean, you only have, if you're lucky, you've got three seconds between you and the next car. You are not going to read the owner's manual on how to set the cruise control in three seconds.
1: Excuse me. No, Jerry, you're exactly right, Jerry. Jerry, you're exactly right. Um, We move brand-new cars for rental companies, and turning on the windshield wipers is a challenge because I'm used to a car with the windshield wipers either on the dash Old school, or even on the multifunction switch on the left side. Now they're on the right side. Mm-hmm. Now they're all over the place. And turning on the windshield wipers and, tr- and trying to do that driving down the road is impossible. For me, I- I'm I'm it, I'm a little older. I I have to get out my glasses. So I can see what I'm looking at. <laughs> so the, now we're riding down the road. Imagine this in your head. We're riding down the road at 70 miles an hour. I have to, I have to reach over, take my hand off the wheel, hold one wheel, right? Take the hand out, put on my reading glasses on, and and re- roll up to the da to the steering wheel, to try and see what what it says, how to turn on the windshield wipers. That's four seconds. At, that's an eternity while you're driving. Uh, but yes. there's, there's just no way that you're not gonna you're not just begging for a crash. Uh, forget about the phone. My phone's already off to the side. If I can't if I can't answer my phone with, with a with a wireless headset, I'm done. I can't answer it. Okay. People text me while I'm driving. I I tell them, don't text me. Don't email me. I can't see it when I'm driving down the road. Call me on my phone. I can hit. I can hit the button and I can talk to you. Other than that, cool. um, don't don't text me. I'm not going to read it while I'm driving down the road. Not even going to try. Phone's off. I can't even reach that thing. I don't even care. Um, but to turn on the windshield wipers so I can see while I'm driving in the rain. Is, it can be a huge challenge. So I'm trying to, oh wait, it doesn't have front windshield wipers, it has front and rear windshield wipers. So now I'm trying to turn on the windshield wiper and the back one's going back and forth and looking in the rear view mirror and watching the back windshield wiper going up and down going, well, I wonder where the front windshield wipers at? Cause I am not even close to looking at the road. Uh, everything around me is, is all in my car and everything outside, which I should be paying attention to, is completely gone. Uh, I'm 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 here fiddling around trying to trying to figure out how to how to I forget the cruise control. I haven't got to the cruise control yet. I'm trying to figure out how to turn on the turn signal and the headlights and the windshield wiper. Uh, oh, by the way, some cars or most cars have automatic lights. Some don't. I was driving a car the other day, and I'm like, the lights don't come on. I had to like you, Jerry. I had to pull over and find, this, find the find the the headlight switch. Well, whoop. Well, well, this is strange. It right. should just turn on. No, it, mm-hmm. it, so and 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 the 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 radio, air conditioner, you know, com, laptop computer oh, yeah. console that they got got piled in the middle of the thing with my with the free Wi-Fi and the and the and, every, and it's it's twenty minutes. It's it's twenty minutes of, of I might as well have a mouse in my car so I can navigate through it. I'm just, I'm like, hey. This, this is crazy. This is crazy. The, the amount of time it takes to to learn these new procedures when you jump in a brand new car is more than than more than what you have while driving down the road. As like you said, you have absolutely a and, a and and and, <clears> and traffic's <throat> moving so quick. It's moving around you. People stop abruptly. People stop abruptly just because. Some people stop abruptly just to get in a wreck. I see that. Oh, uh, he rear-ended me because I hammered my brakes. How would you even know? Yeah. And the, the the collision, the voiding system, the thing starts beeping at you, and you're like, well, "What is that? What what is it? Why is it beeping at me?" Whenever I whenever I see a car That's beep right. at me, I, I always think I first think oil pressure, water temperature. You know, I I start looking on the dashboard for a for an oil pressure light to come on, because you know the right. OEMs don't just put them on there for for no reason. They put them on there to tell you that there's something wrong because. Otherwise, they would get blamed for not telling you. Hey, you, you, Ford Motor Company didn't tell me that the oil pressure was going out, so it's your fault. No, no, no. We put a light and a, and a buzzer on the dashboard so that you could stop when you, you could get alerted and stop. I'm looking for the things beeping at me, telling me that there's a car beside me. I'm looking at the dashboard trying to see if the oil pressure went to zero or if the car is overheating. But all these new things that, that, like you said, all these new, uh, um technology that comes into play on this stuff. You gotta start it takes fifteen minutes just to figure out what it is and how to how to navigate that. It's almost like you need a training course to get in a new car. It it, it can be you challenging do. It's, even a, it's intimidating for somebody like you and me who do this every day.
0: There is a AARP has a free online online smart driver and then it's T, capital T-E-K. It's free. You can go online to AARP, but go to Smart Drivers, T-E-K. And uh, they have a workshop. And you can learn how the modern uh, safety technology works. You need to look at your owner's manual. But the the thing that I see, and if you if you sit there and think about it, all right, if I've got to go to try, if I'm driving down the road, it's getting dark hey, I need to find out where the lights are at. Can I do it when it's already dark inside the car? No. I'm going to have to pull off. You need to pull off. As soon as it goes, if you don't know how to turn the lights off, pull that car off the road. And Because I might be the other guy that's driving, trying to figure out the same thing that you are. These cars, nothing seems to be in the same place on any of the cars. Uh, And the multitasking, good gracious of life, if you've been driving for many decades, like I have, you may feel you can do it without thinking, oh, yeah, here's your sign. And so, with fuss, we fuss with our phones. Uh, we play DJ, drink coffee, tinker with the navigation system. That's another one that gets you in trouble because you can't set, um, uh, most of the cars, you can't even get to your navigation system to set an address unless you're stopped. And then that's a good thing because that's the way it should be because that has been the biggest pain in my rear end. Now I said everything before I leave my driveway. But you can't tinker, tinker with the navigation system or go into deep conversation while still driving. If you go into a deep conversation, you it, let me tell you how to start that. Go to, I will call you back when I can get a safe place. Right now I'm driving. Nobody's going to get mad at you. I'm not because I'm probably in the next lane. Just tell them I can't talk to you right now. Like the text messaging. Don't text message me while I'm driving because you're not going to get an answer. I'll just let that thing go. In fact, if it's not talking to me, I, I want nothing to do with it. And I do have the hands off on everything I own. All right, but... Anything it has to do with the safety on an automobile while you're driving, let's let's go over that real quick. All right, Jim, what what do you think you actually have to pay attention to or know where the knobs or buttons are when you're actually driving in Tucson, Arizona, during the day and during the night? Go ahead. This is the test for you. This is this. You you
1: need to know one. Where where the turn signals are, where the lights are, where the windshield wipers are, where the horn is at. Wh- horn is important. You're supposed to test your horn before you leave. I don't. Know if, you're supposed to have your. You need to know. And by the way, rain right when it when it does rain here, not the last two months because we have got significant rain. You need to know where the windshield washer's button is at. I, I I drove a car the other day, I couldn't even tell you where the windshield washer button was at. Because what happens in Tucson, Arizona, is it sprinkles for like 13 seconds. And the dust that was on your windshield now turns into, you know, mud. So now you got to, you know, you put on your windshield wipers and now you have muddy streaks. So you got to figure out how to wash the windshield off. Without the washer button, well, hopefully it works too. Because if it doesn't work, you're kind of a in a bad way.
0: Yeah. but. You yeah. need to
1: know where that's at. You need to know how to turn the radio off. I don't know if that's on there. You, you should. You need to know how to turn on climate controls. And the reason why is because at climate controls, you want to be able to. If you get, if you become uncomfortable driving, your your focus goes away. You're not able to drive down the road because you're too hot or, or you're uncomfortable.
0: You should absolutely. You
1: should, to, uh, you should be able to buckle and unbuckle your seatbelt quickly. I know this is crazy, but if you are going to drive through the flooded wash, um, you need to be able to get out of your car. Let me. Let me. I am going to tangent off here just for one sec, Jerry. We're talking about flooded washes. Go ahead. I I, I notice people um, use, especially younger drivers. Younger drivers use Google to drive everywhere. Now, like you and I, Jerry. We're we're seasoned drivers. You can drive around you could drive around town without with you know where to go. And even when you went back east, right. you, you you pretty much could figure out where you need to go. Today what I see and because I have to drive, I have to test drive with drivers. When people come to my employee, I have to take them out on the test drive. I have to figure out how it is they can drive a truck, right? What right. I notice is that they want to put they want to put the address of where they're at. no lie. Where are we going? We're going to drive around the block. Well, I need the address so I know where to go. So they put the address in where they're at and they put the address in where they're going in their little in the Google maps and then they mm-hmm. turn on the navigate and it routes them right and What I notice right. is that more more frequently drivers are relying on the turn by turn direction, so they're driving along for example, interstate ten. It says turn on Grant Road. It turns here, and so they spend a lot of time viewing that turn-by-turn navigation on their phone, right? So they're, they're I'm like, hey, what are you doing looking at your phone? Look up on the street. We, we need to look at the road here because we're on I-10. You know, this busy road. Well, I don't know where to go. Well, just you're, you're going there, you know. So they, anyways, they, they, they do a lot of, they do a lot of um, turn-by-turn navigation. Well, bless Google's heart, it's pretty good at certain things. But it does not tell you when the water is running across the road, and if you are watching your Google Map, I mean, it might tell you that there's an accident, but it does not tell you when the f- streams are flooded. And if you're watching your turn by turn and you're just driving along, and all of a sudden you look up and you're in the middle of the stream because you weren't actually watching the road, well, then you have a problem. I-, I forgot to mention that last hour when we were when we were on our on our turn by turn, but uh, yeah. but so yeah so you need to pay attention to driving. I know people like to, to just have the, the thing they got the phone on the dash and they and they just they then they're just looking at it and like they're focused on that phone telling them where to go versus looking out the window and go, Hey, you know, there's a you know, there's a new Burger King over there. I didn't know that. Because they're so mm-hmm. they almost like, like the car is their bubble and they're and they're just focused in the car. Um, there are a lot more, lot more things happening outside of your car. Anyways, back to the back to the situational awareness of, of the car. As you're as you're driving down the road and, and you're trying to figure out all these little things to do, if you're following the nav system on your on your screen and then trying to mess with the radio or or look at your text, you're going to get in serious trouble. Those the, those things you're moving too fast for any of that stuff to take place. All that stuff is going to be a problem. Now, I see it because I go to rec sites. Like every tow company in this town, we go to rec sites. We see right. we see we see crashes with people. You know, uh, wh- they, where did they go to? Where did they come from? Um, and when you're when you're driving with your turn by turn, p- part of the problem with people today, um, and it's not just today. It's been going on for years. Is uh, blind spots in your vehicle. What I notice is that as you're driving, um, your view your view becomes very very focused and limited. So, for example, you look, let's say you look up and you look to your right and you're going to look at your rearview mirror, but your your window pillar is blocking the view of a car. You can actually lose the car in your window pillar or in your side window if there's a reflection. Whereas you can't, yep. you know, and you see, you, you, you're you thinking, oh, it's clear, and all of a sudden, there's a car there. He came out of nowhere. No, he didn't just magically appear. He was there. You just didn't see him. And we see a lot of that because people become focused on driving the the phones and not paying attention to where they're at.
0: Um, well, it says... Uh, AAA did a, a survey on this thing. It says older drivers take their eyes off the road for eight seconds longer than younger drivers when adjusting or tapping on the navigational system. And it also says every day eight people are killed in car crashes involving a distracted driver, according to the National Highway Transportation Safety Administration. So, you know, this is very real, and it backs up everything that you're talking about, Jim. Everything. You know, but eight if seconds, you're older... It, take me, it, it takes me 45 seconds. seconds to figure
1: out how to turn on the radio in a new car. <laughs> yeah. I can't and figure, so I can't figure that out. stuff out to save my life, and I don't think. <laughs> <laughs> I turn up, I see the thing, I'm like, great, <laughs> audio. Now what do I do? I mean, I literally, I, I, I cannot... Like the, 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 I trust me, I've been do, doing computers. My, my dad got me an IBM PC in 1980. Oh, I've been working on them since they were since they were brand new. But I'm going to tell you what. I, when I see this stuff, I'm like, really seriously. I it takes me it takes me 15 minutes to sit down in a car and go through the go through what I want to know, and then then well, I remember everything every single thing. I finally narrowed it down to when she wiped it. Turn the radio off. Forget it I don't even need to hear it. I don't want to hear anything. It's something on there any good anyways. So turn it off. Figure mm-hmm. out where the lights and the and the are, and just drive. I'll I'll worry about the rest later. Because yeah, I can well, believe I could believe it'd be yeah. way longer
0: than that. I have a tendency when I am doing navigation. Uh, one, I don't want the radio on. All right. So when I set the navigator and we go out, then while I'm using the navigation system, it's supposed to be talking to you, too. And so, you know, it'll come on when the radio goes, it'll it'll block out the radio and it'll interrupt the radio and come on. Okay, you got to make the next right turn up here uh, three quarters of a mile or something like that. But. I just turn the radio off because I don't need that confusion coming through. And, yes, I have noticed that my ability to drive the way I used to drive when I was running stock cars and stuff, that's pretty much out the window. You know, you just have to accept the fact that, yeah, I don't react as fast. Or you get these new cars, I don't think I'm going to live long enough to see what all the buttons are and all the options are I have on a 2018 Dodge diesel. You know, you'd be driving down the road, and all of a sudden you look over and say, oh, there's a button. I wonder what that does. Well, good. Don't take your eyes off the road and figure it out when you get to a parking lot or you get back home or something like that. Uh, And the air conditioning, oh, my gosh, inside air, outside air. You got the temperature controllers that you got to set because it's oh it's too cold in here it's too hot in here you got one for the passenger side one for the left side you're sitting there and then somebody yelling well can you turn that thing down just a little bit well uh, I could but I don't know where the buttons are and be honest about it don't be stupid about it and hit you know and run into somebody else while you're one about turning down two to three degrees on the passenger side just don't do it. You know, yeah, as soon as I get to a parking place, or we'll pull it over and I'll figure it out. And, or you can figure it out. And most of the time, if you got a sharp person riding with you shotgun, like Jim does his program, they will, first thing you know, they're changing all the settings on that. Okay, that's fine. That's fine. That means that I'm not going to touch them again until I get parked. Because driving is a full-time job. And driving back in Carolina, in those mountains, where the pavement and the road—I mean, it can't be over about 16 feet wide on a good day. And in Tucson, we're blessed by having some wider roads. But oh my gosh! And then people in Tucson still text and drive all the time. I mean, I don't go out to where somebody's drifting over in my lane. And of course, i you know—if I'm in the Honda, I, I can find a place to hide. But when I'm in that big diesel, people are in my lane, thank God those lanes are over eight feet wide because he's got four foot and I got the rest of it and hoping I don't run over the guy on the right side. People do it all the time. And it's against the law to be texting and driving while you're driving. It's against the law, people. And it's against the law to be talking on the phone unless you have a remote system where you can talk to it with hands off the phone. The only time you can put your hands on the phone is to turn it off and turn it on. Hit one button, hit one button. And so, you know, heads up out there because that causes wrecks. And Jim told me one time, he said, when when he goes to a crash, he can pretty much tell you what caused the crash. I'm going, that's amazing. When it's that... Can you still do that, or are you getting old and senile, Jim? <laughs> <laughs> oh, I think I'm already old. I'm already senile. But yeah, you can.
1: I, I've been to I've been to a few crashes in my in my career, and uh, yeah, I I mean you you can kind of you can kind of see. Sometimes it's it's interesting because cars cars are very dynamic, and they um you know they have idiosyncrasies. No, they don't have personalities like the animated TV shows where the car, you know, feels good about you. The car does not feel anything. It's a, it's an inanimate object. It has idiosyncrasies. you know, it acts differently than other cars, even if their their cars made at the same time on the same assembly line. But you'll when you go to a crash site, cars will be in the weirdest positions. And you, when you act, I mean, the guys that do this for a living, the the crash investigators get out you know their their, well i don't get out slide rules anymore jerry because that's from you and me days they get out their computers and they Uh start looking at the angles to determine who how what and where where how the car spun around it's it's very interesting on on the movement of a car through a through a crash site um 90 of the time you can figure out what took place you know and it's 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 interesting because you can ask the driver, you know, they're not if they haven't been transported away, what took place, and a lot of them will come up with a mm-hmm. story, and then the next five minutes later that story will change, and sometimes they, you know, they just they're trying to grasp for an explanation they don't even have one because they don't know what took place, you know, because they don't want to tell you right. that they were looking at their phone, you know, and they and all of a sudden boom they looked up, but uh, yeah, it's, um, you can usually tell pretty quick on a rear end or a front end or. But when they're, when they're cars are <laughs> cars that are hauling trailers or pickups that are hauling trailers and, and the trailers, and they're laying over in the median that the trailer upside down, you know, you're pretty sure that, you know, it was loaded wrong. Um, Brian and I were talking about wow. this, uh, last week or the week before, you know, about um, alignment angles and alignment, geometry of, of alignments. And uh, I was asking about, mm-hmm. you know, spring loads and things like that and, how does that affect your car when you put a trailer on the back? And and he he went into a very technical detail because he's super great at it. Um, and and I was I was amazed at how many how many angles and and weight distribution changes by you know by just sticking the thing on the back of your car. I mean I understand how it works. I do it all the time. But he was giving me the technical mm-hmm. rundown on on the on the suspension angles of how, of where things move. And I was like, well, okay, that's, you know, that's pretty, pretty involved. So just before you go put that, before you go put that 24 foot trailer on the back here your Honda CRV, because it, because it has a trailer hitch on the back, think twice. <laughs> <laughs> but, <laughs> but, uh, You and I both know, uh, driving, driving today is, is, is dynamic in, in all features. And I can't imagine, I haven't driven back east in many years, but you're right. The, they're, because it's an old, they're older communities and the roads were built, you know, in, when there was horse and buggy. So they just paved the road. There was a horse and buggy trail, you know, and and you're right. Eight foot is a graciously wide street back there. And you're correct. We are truly blessed with blessed with 12 foot wide streets and bike lanes that even if there's not a bike in them, there you know it's a little bit extra buffer right. out there. Or if you break down, right. you have a you know there's there's places to go to. You can you can you know you can get your car off the road. Well, back there, there are a lot of places where it's on the road. It's on the road or it's in the water or the ditch. It there's no place to go.
0: So, um, the, but still it doesn't the, mean we the should, one we thing. If you have distracted driving, two of the most dangerous times of the day, well, I have found, is dusk and dawn. At night, you have the people that uh, are saving their headlights so they don't turn it on when it starts getting down. They say, well, if you can't see a car in 300 feet or 300 feet, then turn your lights on. I seen one come through the other night, and it was a little gray car. I even had my glasses on, and I could not see this car because the car in front of him had the lights on. The car behind him had the lights on, and he didn't have his lights on. I did not see that middle car. Of course, I didn't run over him either because I'm paying attention. But when you in in the morning when it's dusk, turn your lights on. You know, if you want to turn them off, turn them off at ten o'clock. I love lights on a car. It gives you about a three hundred percent better chance of seeing a vehicle you know it's like a motorcycle if a motorcycle don't have a lights on it i want to wish you all the luck in the world and trying to figure out where he's coming from all oh, you hear this sound then you hear this whiz or see a whiz by and but motorcycles you've got to watch for them especially in tucson because there's a lot of motorcycles here and they pass any place they want to and most I, you you have the motorcycle clubs i found that driving a little more cautious on the road but you have the individual with these little cross rockets, I call them, that just come flying by you, but they're flying up behind you, and you glance up and you're not there. You glance up again and they're right on your bumper and swinging to the left or the right to come around you. That's the reason you have to watch your mirrors, front, rear, uh, front mirrors, uh, uh, the. Back glass mirror, the right side mirror, the left side mirror, you keep an eye on those things. You'd rotate around and keep your head engaged with what's going on around you because that is dangerous. And if you hit a motorcycle and he's running 75 miles an hour in a 45, and then you make a lane change, well, you just took out one of those motorcycle riders that's running 75 miles an hour. There ain't nothing you can do about it. You're probably going to be all right. Him, if he ever quits rolling out through the desert, then you'll have to go out and see if he's alive. So it's just not distractive driving. Just pay attention and make driving a full time operation. And the older we get, the more we have to just quit dialing a darn radio, quit setting the temperature in the car, set it before you ever leave. And you've got to know where the buttons are, especially. You've got to know where that turn signal is, where the windshield wiper is, which one's going to operate the rear. But hey, if you're driving forward and it's raining, you turn on the windshield wiper and the rear one comes on, as Jim will attest to. That don't do a whole heck of a lot helping you see out the front window. So these are the things, the safety things that you need. The other thing I've seen, and seen more here than I did back east, was headlights out, running lights out, brake lights out. I mean, you go down the road, and a guy's got a headlight, a, a brake light in the center, the windshield on back up top, and you got one on the right and one on the left, and he's got one that's actually working, and that's a running light also. Now, brake lights, I think you're required to have one working brake light. Okay, one working brake light. Do I have a motorcycle in front of me, or do I have a car? And these are just some of the things that you need to ask yourself. If you're going to play games while you're driving down the road, you play the one, what happens if? What happens if I blow a tire? Am I going to be able to maintain it? Uh, what happens? Oh, and by the way, do I have air in my tires? That's another thing that I've seen back east. I don't see it much here. I've seen a lot of low tires. Low tires on a wet road, one, you already have an uh, inability to stop properly. If you got a low tire, what happens is a tire rolls over on the side. The center doesn't touch the ground. That's just a, that's inviting hydroplane on this tire. So make sure that your tires stay up. Make sure that they stay at the proper, uh, temp, uh, proper air pressure and pay attention. These, the other thing we didn't cover that much in the first hour was the puddle sitting on the side of the road. You do not know how deep that puddle is. Slow down. If you want to decide you're on the pavement, you can. The puddle's about ten foot, twelve foot wide. You're on the pavement, and you're going through the other side, and you're familiar with the road. Slow that son of a gun down. Because if you go through like that little car went by me, or come by me that I met, if you go through that mud hole at that speed, what's it going to do to the other guy in the other lane? Are you going to wash it? and he's driving. It's quick raining. He don't have his windshield wipers on, and all of a sudden you cover it with muddy water. You know, you just put a blanket on his windshield. So these – and that thing, when you go through water and you're running a little quicker because you didn't see it coming up, you've got to grab that steering wheel. You assume it's going to pull over to the right-hand side because that's the way they normally pull is to the right-hand side because the way the road is elevated. That also tells you for water standing on the right-hand side, it's going to be deeper than the water to the center of the road because of the road, and it has actually pulled up on the right-hand side, so your left front wheel is not going to be the same resistance as the right wheel is. Voila, like driving a car with a half-flat tire. You're going to go to the right. Now, if you're lucky, you can get it back before you actually wind up in a ditch. So heads up, heads up. It, All right buddy
1: what else you got it's, it's funny you mentioned the the puddles on the side of the road um it, that I hadn't even thought about that till you said that right now um so we we told a guy the other day he was you know young kid he was trying to be funny or smart or I don't know he's riding down the road and he he's he he's I, I forget I think it was uh, Kolb or something and he had there was you know the the roads are crowned, so the so the water's off to the side, just like you said. So it runs down the drainage ditch and goes off into the storm drains, right? So he's gonna he there's a big puddle, you know, it, it because it's rain, you know. There's a big puddle out. It's it's halfway, not quite halfway in the road, but it's across the bike lane, and you know, and he's gonna swing over and he's gonna catch that puddle, you know, so he can spray the sidewalk, right? Because he's gonna be cool about this, right? And get this, get the big you know wave that goes out there because he saw the truck do it or something. I don't know. So he goes along, you know, intentionally drives to the puddle so he gets close to the curb, right? Well, yeah, it was way deeper than what he thought. Now he loses control. The car spins. The car spins to, you know, starts to spin because he's because he's hydroplaning. He hits the back. Right. The back slides over and hits the the curb. Bounces up on the sidewalk. Rips the rear suspension out, and there he's stuck.
0: Oh my God! There he
1: sits. There he oh sits God. with his wheel ripped off. I mean, just fly just you know, in the tire, the rim. It's it, it's interesting because most cars <laughs> today are have aluminum wheels on them. The rim was just flat. You know, it was just, it was busted and flat. The tire was. Blown out, the rear suspension was jacked backwards, um, into the into the body. And so we get there and it's like, what happened? Oh, I don't know what happened. <laughs> you could look back and you could see the marks <laughs> where where he where he went over and then he hit, you know, he started to slide, so what did he do? He hit the brakes and, and you could just see that you could see the marks, and you could see how it rolled up onto the sidewalk. And bang! I was like, "Oh, oh, my I God. see, <laughs> I see what happened." You got a little close to the curb. There was something in the road. Well, what was in the road? I'm looking down there. There's no pothole in the road. Was there a bumper in the road? No, no. Nope. The um, only dude. Next,
0: <laughs> a, dude the next only problem in that somebody, road was him driving. Right, right. And that was, was the like, problem. Well, you
1: know, no problem. We can get you out of here. Um, where do you want to go with it? Well, I got to go home. Oh, you want to go to a body Ooh. shop? No, I got to go tell my dad. Oh, I'm sorry. Do you... <laughs> That's going to be a really bad day. He's going to be mad. I said, yeah, imagine so. Oh, I imagine oh, yeah. he's going to be really yeah. mad.
0: I said, get your story well, he. <laughs> The good, the good thing is hopefully he learned something by doing that, and he won't do it again, and nobody was hurt in it. So Nobody was hurt. All right, I've got to get some more of these advertisers in, the one that brings this program to you. liamsalterbrokerage.com. Go to the website. You can review the uh, inventory. You can also go to desertrv.com, and you can review the RVs that are available for sale. It is located down in Sierra Vista. Uh, but it's also owned by Lens Auto Brokerage, and you can find out what kind of deals he's got down there. Uh If you want to go in to Lens Auto Brokerage, 2101 North Stone Avenue in tire, by all means, go ahead. Uh So, but he's just more concerned about me getting the uh, website out for you so you'll have a way to look at it. Automotive Specialist, I can't say enough about Brian Fuller's place over there. You want to go in and talk to Mitch? That's Brian's son, who drives down from Phoenix every day to work a front counter for Brian. And I said, good Lord. He said, it's only about 55 minutes. I said, oh, okay, Mitch. But I've known Mitch since he was in, I think he was graduated high school. But he's a good man at that front counter for Brian. I'm glad to see Brian got some help in there. Uh, Brian's number, his cell number, is 237-3852. Mitch's number, I mean, well, a shop number, is 572-1734. Automotive specialist, that would be Mr., both of them, Mr. test first, don't guess. Mitch is the same way. You test first, you don't guess when you're repairing these things. Merle's Automotive, we use them all the time, Merle's Automotive they got about 10 locations in Tucson, plus they're scattered out all over the state. Merlesauto.com. that'll put you in where all of the locations are at. MurrellsAuto.com. They also have a little machine shop service that operates even on Saturday uh, at 15 West Aho. They do turning rotors, turning drums, flywheelers, motor, uh, and resurfacing flywheels. And But they're open on Saturday, so for the do-it-yourselfers, this is one machine shop that will actually get it done on Saturday for you for rotors, drums, and flywheels. This is for do-it-yourselfers. So Merle's Auto, been around a long time. They are the big guys. They have all the additives. They even have equipment, uh, and you'll be happy to use them. But I've already told you about Parker Automotive, 323-1960, 323-1960. These places are good places. They're places that I've used for years and years and years, and I am not the rookie in the auto repair industry in Tucson. Neither is Parker Automotive. Neither is automotive Specialist. So when you get into a problem where nobody can fix them, we see about three of those a week, and so does Brian and so does Parker. And it's not that bad. It's not that the people that you had working on it Will not fix it. It's the fact that sometimes you have the older analyzers and you haven't updated them because they told you you didn't need to update them when you bought them, and uh, that uh, anymore that doesn't hardly exist because of the technology. So, if you have a problem with a vehicle, sometimes you just have to get the second opinion, which means going to another garage and getting another opinion on it. There's nothing wrong with that, okay? There's a lot of good shops in Tucson, Arizona. All right, now we only got about seven or eight minutes left, Jim. Let's go back to uh, the crashes. Let's go back to, how about safe driving practices? We can go uh, uh, increase your distance. This is one thing that with the slower reaction time of the senior citizens versus a 17-year-old, I understand that a 17-year-old texting has the same reaction time that a 70-year-old driving a car does. That will tell you, hello. So that means if you're 70 years old and you're texting, you take what? This 17-year-old's response time and then your response time, add them up. You know, when you go down the road, and I've heard this one a million times. Well, if I leave a little more distance here, it's like driving in California. You leave a car link in front of you, and somebody's going to put a car in there. Okay? I don't care. You know, if I'm driving seven car links back, and I'm running 55 miles an hour, and somebody wants in front of me, guess what? I'm going to back off of it. The guy behind me don't like it? Fine. Pass me. I am not going to increase. I need that stopping distance because I know a lot about brakes. I know a lot about vehicles and vehicle weight. I have towed 18-wheelers. I give them so much room they probably think I'm a dummy. Also, when the 18-wheeler is trying to get out in my lane and he gives his turn signals, I will flash my lights to let him know that I know he's coming over and go ahead. I'm ready for you. Same way when he gets back in. If he needs to get back in and he pulls past me, I'll blink my lights to let him know that he has cleared me. It's okay to get in. But I am not gonna drive three car lengths behind him because you can't see nothing in front of him. So, you know, we need to just drive smarter and then we don't have we don't have to be visiting frontier tour and say, hey Jim, can you come and get my truck? I screwed up. What happened? I'm probably gonna to lie to you because I don't I don't <laughs> I don't wanna be embarrassed and tell you what I did. But that's more common than we actually expect. Do a safety check on your vehicles. Do the lights Check the brake lights, check the headlights. You do not have to be a technician to turn on the lights and see. A lot of the vehicles used to be able to turn on the lights without turning on the ignition key. Well, if you try that now, you'll turn on the lights and nothing's going to happen. Voila, you have to turn on the ignition key. Turn on the ignition key, check all your lights, then you can turn it back off. You know, but check your tire pressures. Walk around your car car at least once a month and look at your tires there's a lot of construction going on uh we had a dead battery the f-150 last week got ready to take it in and we had a tire with about 20 pounds on it and uh so we had to uh limp it into a shop tire shop before we could had to jump the darn battery had to lift the car the truck into a tire shop before we could ever get it over to simmons to have it fixed and to replace the battery. So, you know, batteries, 24 to 30 months. If you've got one thirty-six months, I told you the story about this one last week. It lasted 36 months and one week on a 2017. And, you know, hey, it's still, it goes right along with what we know. There's too many gadgets. There's too much of a battery request or voltage request from the battery when these things are running. Anything can pull them down off a period of time. If you don't believe me, ask somebody that owns an electric vehicle. It does pull the battery power out. So, you know, and when you change a battery, make sure you check the charging system and find out, as Brian would say, test first, don't guess. Make sure that your system is capable of maintaining a battery. The alternator in these vehicles are are designed to maintain a battery. If your battery goes dead, find out why it went dead. Okay? It don't take but just, you know, they check them. We normally, when we check a battery at the shop, we have to fully charge that battery if it'll take one. If you've got a battery that you put your hand in on the side and you have one end that's hot and the other end's cold, you've got a problem inside. Go ahead and change the battery don't second guess it change it and then you'll be better and then when you get it put back in check the charging system to make sure the charging system is doing its job
1: uh i see people
0: that will put a uh, jump a battery and it'll be way down and it's running off the alternator and you think oh it'll recharge the battery and then you get it to place and Oh, well, you turn it off, and then you turn it back on real quick. Oh, it's it's wonderful. It's back there. you better got to take a look at the battery and see how old it is because there's such a thing as a surface charge. You can, you can start it up an hour later, and it'll start. You get up in the morning, hit the key, and that thing's dead again. Then you think you've lost your mind because you've done everything that you know to keep this battery up. If you've got a battery that's over Twenty four to thirty six months, somewhere in that range, don't assume you can charge it up and it'll be there in eight hours or twelve hours whenever you get ready to use it again. They are electronic nightmares. They are voltage sucking watt sucking computer on wheels. So just be careful when you do that because now is not the time you want to be down on a battery in a parking lot and it raining outside or any other time. I'd rather have it raining outside without the lightning, of course, raining outside than being hot. These parking lots get up to 150, 160 degrees. You do not want to be trying to fix a car in the middle of a parking lot. So that's my tip for the day is be sure and check your batteries and please check all of your lights. You need lights when it's raining hard to let the other person know. It's a communication system from car to car, from driver to driver. All right. What do you else you got you want to put on that one, Jim? Oh, real quick. Um, the uh, you know you you
1: talk about battery maintenance, and as you and I have grown up around cars, Jerry, you more so than me. Uh, we, we've we've always taken into account that the battery's job is to start the car, and then after that, everything runs fine. But today's cars, as Brian was explaining to me, they're they're basically a computer on wheels. So voltage to the computer systems is very critical. He was telling me yep. that there's that if you have a a connection of a 0.2 voltage drop it's going to it'll throw a code and it'll be a problem. I can tell you for a fact that I I can tell you for a fact on electric cars we we told them every single day because the the battery that that runs the computer dies. Not the battery that drives the car, but the battery that runs the computer probably what we should start doing is we should probably have a battery maintenance program. So instead instead of waiting for the battery to die, batteries should probably be treated now like coolant and oil. Probably should get changed at twelve months. I hate to say it, but you but you can if you put a new battery in the car, sometimes they run a lot better. Why? Because of because the battery's doing its job and it's and it's keeping the proper voltage of the computers. You know, an electric exactly. car if you change them out every 12 months, man, probably wouldn't have any problems. Maybe less problems, I don't know. Also, um, real quick, um, to talk about your stopping distance. It's raining. You can't stop as fast.
0: That's right.
1: Even more, even more time is needed. <laughs> I drive a tractor trailer around lots of times during the day. It, it, you, those things don't stop for nothing, and this wet roads. They still don't stop. They got 18 wheels <laughs> on the ground. <laughs> so,
0: leave, leave some distance. Drive All right. Go yeah. home safe. All right. We're out of time. We're out of time. Thank everybody. Jim, thank you for being on today, buddy. Appreciate good information. Hope everybody got something out of it. And uh, I'm sure you did if you're listening. And until next week, drive safe, drive careful, real careful. You don't know what all the buttons are. Don't worry about it. Do it next week when you're having anything else to do. Until next week, God bless. Bye bye.